0: to shoot leadership on Twitter <laughs> and then see how executives, mid-career professionals, and young professionals doing great things in college. Today, you get to hear from one of those young professionals. Michael Riley is currently a sophomore here at Seton Hall, studying mathematical finance and information technology, and is still in school of business. He is originally from Miami, Florida, with Colombian descent, and decided to come to Seton Hall after being recruited to play baseball. After suffering a spate of injuries in high school and in his freshman year, He decided to end his baseball career and pursue other academic and career goals. That is when he fell in love with consulting, found a gap here at Seton Hall, and started the university's first ever consulting club. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. This is super exciting. I think it's a great addition of getting leaders from all different backgrounds, all different ages, and that together and helping students figure out what they like to do or learn from different individuals. I'm just really excited to do this. Awesome. that's the intent. and I think you've been the first of sorts in terms of, you're the youngest person that's ever done on <laughs> our podcast, but by no means, you know, I, I think it's going to be really interesting for our, for our listeners to hear. So, um, look, there's a lot to get to in this podcast, but I think I'll start with how I came into contact with you. So I was on LinkedIn, I was scrolling down through my feed, and I came across this thing called the Seaton Hall Consulting Group. And so here it was, this professional-looking photo, a professional-looking People in the pictures, and I thought to myself, gee, I, I didn't know that there was even a consulting group here at Seton Hall. And then my next thought was, I wonder if there are professors from the Stillman School of Business who are running this. And lo and behold, I was told it wasn't professors. It was a sophomore named Michael Riley. So right off the bat, I was super impressed. But before we talk about why you started this consulting group and the kind of consulting career in general, let's take a step back and talk about one of our common passions, which is the sport of baseball. <laughs> So kind of for our listeners, what role did baseball play in your life leading up to Seton? I to give us some context about, you know, your, your shift in your career. Yeah, I actually get goosebumps just hearing that because I think baseball is our- Single weekend all over Florida, North Carolina, uh, New York, traveling everywhere, playing as like a 10-year-old, 12-year-old, and you know Miami baseball is you know is a big thing and people take it really really seriously. So that was a level of competition I was exposed to since I was probably like 9 years old. when I got into the competitive aspect of it, but at least like to say that then baseball for the bulk of your life kind of helped form your identity. that we mentioned the intro that you suffered some injuries, that you get recruited by day one school to come to Lanceeton Hall, battling uh, through his injuries, then you kinda came to a decision at some point where you said, you know what, I'm gonna hang out the spikes. So talk a little bit about what that felt like and what was your plan. So I think I bunch of schools as a student Then like, came up, didn't put a deposit for any of them, Hmm. kind of, like, left, you know, out there, uh, didn't have a school to go to yet, and it was probably June. I had a lot of confidence that things would fall into place. I was working with a mentor. I was just really trusting him, and I knew that I could trust him, and that it would work out, and and thankfully it did. When you say thankfully, I think the the weather is, with this uh, polar vortex, but it's a club that it was, switch to to hang up the spikes, and then you said you found consulting. Talk about why consulting. Yeah. I mean, the switch and, and hanging up the spikes was definitely the, the toughest decision of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot that went into it, as you mentioned. earlier, the identity was a big part of it. Like I defined myself as a baseball player. Everyone I know knew I was uh, a baseball good, player. And that you know, meant something to me, knew me as a baseball player. And so I knew there was going to be a lot of like, oh, how's baseball going? And then being like, oh, oh right, I'm not right, playing. It's so awkward. Yeah. Uh, pretty much. So. This is my decision. I'm going to take control over my life, and and I made that decision. Did did you feel, was there a pressure, given that baseball is such a large portion of your identity, was there pressure to immediately fill that vacuum with something else or talk about how you stumbled upon, or did you stumble upon this consulting stuff? Yeah, there was definitely Salespeople at the store. started networking a little bit more, learned more about the career. It was like, okay, I can definitely relate to this way more than I can to banking. And I just felt it inside it was just a feeling where whenever I would speak to somebody in banking, I'd enjoy the conversation, but it wouldn't be the same as when I'd speak to somebody in consulting and my eyes would light up and I would just feel that. And so I just knew from inside mostly that, that that's what I wanted to do. That's interesting. You felt this kind of natural gravitation yeah. towards uh, that's the consulting side. So, you know, what was the gap that you saw at seemed Paul at this point? So you come here, you're in, still it's a great business school, but there wasn't much in the way of undergraduate consulting, so talk about that. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing was I had this interest, and when I become passionate about something, I want to know everything about it, and so I started looking for people on campus that either knew about it or had done consulting, and I only found one person, which was my RA, part of him, definitely uh, got me on the right path and showed me a little bit of resources. How I Where did you put it? So he's actually going to be starting with Deloitte and consulting, and so he just kind of told me, hey, these are the different diversity programs that you can apply to, and these are some of the resources that you can research, and things like that. So that definitely got me started. But then I just continued that path and realized at some point that there wasn't a consulting club, and at a school like Warden or some of these other top schools, there was like eight of them, I was like, hey, And, and where are you headed? Yeah, so there's, actually Support now, you mentioned it earlier, but I know you've dedicated a lot of time and effort with others on LinkedIn, including some recent innovative content where you walk and talk around campus. And I know you had some big news that you shared on LinkedIn this morning. Can you talk a little bit about, before you share the big news, talk about the platform, who got you onto it, why are you attracted to it, and why are you producing content on there? Like, I suddenly reached out to other people to learn about careers and I was like, I remember sitting at a desk I remember exactly the situation where I told myself, I was like, hey, am I going to start reaching out to people now as a freshman or should I wait? Somebody them like They're impressed, especially being a freshman or a sophomore or honestly whatever age. So definitely that part of it has been great. And then when they respond and you realize that the person isn't Initially, <laughs> 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 like, okay. so let's kind of ride that train for a little bit. Yeah. What are your tips for folks that you know? I mean, I think consulting could be another field. <laughs> what would be your tips for undergraduates that are interested in reaching other people? Is there any tips, techniques, you know, because you probably have some trial and error and yeah. what message works better than others? Do uh, sure. you have any your secrets? No, I, I, I would totally get my secrets because I'm a Some of them, I'm not going to lie, just being completely real, but there's a better response rate when you completely tailor it to the other person. Another technique that I also heard is, so say you do get to 10 or 15 minutes, is that you be extremely tight about those 10 or 15 minutes and that you, tr- you hold true to your word. So that when you have this great conversation with that person, at the end of 15 minutes, I've heard you should say, thank you so much for your time, I want to be cognizant and... And I understand you're super busy, so I kind of let them want more. But show that you're a professional when I mean, you say 10 or 15 minutes, right, you instead know, 15 minutes. So what was the big news you shared about? That's so what are big news? news. So, I mean, this is led, like, like, your content on LinkedIn has led to something. Response to the question we we're putting up, and I was like, okay, this, this platform has a lot of reach, and you never know how you can see. Took, you specifics? So, like, when you first started out, you're probably not getting many likes, many views. Yeah. At what point did you say, we, the more content I produce, is getting right. more views? Well, what was that point? Really granular. What was? was yeah. it hundred views was a hundred likes. Was it five likes? What was it? So honestly, I don't remember specifics, but I remember. putting up you <laughs> You know, I think a lot of people, when they think of them putting themselves out on social media, it can be a little intimidating. The second thing I think people think is, well, I have to wait until the perfect scenario with the perfect backlighting, and I I have an iPhone, I don't have a professional camera. So can you talk about just get out of your own head and do it? Yeah, I mean, look, to be quite honest, what I do is I walk to school 30 minutes each way. I moved off campus this semester, and that's part of, I guess, the discipline I'm imposing myself is, so uh, I put my money to it, I'm going to walk 30 minutes to school every day, back and forth, and along the ride, and whatever I'm thinking of that day, I'm going to take a quick minute video and post it, and to be completely honest, I am not a big fan of putting myself out so much on social media, but little by little, I understand the value, and I'm enjoying it, but literally what I do is I take the video, and I don't even look at it, I strategy, just record it and put it up, don't think about it too much. I love it. So if your goal is to become a consultant coming out of here, we talked a little bit about this offline one day, which is oftentimes consultants, you know, they have deep expertise in their field before they move out to their prospective countries and reach out to prospective companies for them to hire you as a consultant. And so as a result, you don't see too many 19- and 20-year-olds trying to jump right into the consulting game. So. What do you say to those who say you're too young to be a consultant of, of value? What's your what's your comeback? So I think there's two people that are on the spectrum of this. One would be the people who are in consulting that work for these firms, and others are maybe people outside of consulting that don't know how the industry works, because I have gotten that pushback a lot, especially with our client projects here. People will say, hey, researching, doing a lot of the problem solving and to be quite honest, consulting. your age can bring to the game, too, which is, your IT, you know, one of the better readers is IT, but also when it comes to marketing and branding and speaking to your generation. <laughs> I mean, if they rely on a bunch of 15, 60-year-olds to handle their branding and marketing, you might really not realize how your generation is talking, how they're communicating, how they're consuming content, so I think there's a lot of value there. in some of the time we have remaining, can you talk about, I want to get to some advice you want to give to folks out there that want to the consulting field. But why don't we just start with, what's your plan? You got two and a half years left at Seton Hall. Where do you want to be at the end of this, and what are you doing in, the, in, terms, in terms of internships? How are you going to be positioning yourself here? i talked about your social media presence. How are you going to position yourself and these other experiences to do what you want to do? So I think the biggest thing is just continuously wanting to learn more. Just to backtrack a little bit, I think consulting is too specific to give advice for, but in the big picture, Students are looking for what careers they like. I think the biggest piece of advice that I would give is get on LinkedIn. Um, Not not to your surprised that I'm saying this, but get on LinkedIn, number one. Number two, start reaching out to people because they will talk to you and they are definitely willing to help. And as long as you have some sort of interest, whether it's in banking or I'm really trying to involve myself a lot with digital trends, different emerging technologies. I think it's just really important from my perspective to understand and to know where the intersection between technology and business is. Cool. How are you following in terms of, and what would you recommend? Those core skills of how to get value from people, how to motivate people, and how to influence them—that's what you can be a very good, effective theater manager. So I think uh, that's definitely like my number one recommendation for the book. Love it. Let's switch gears and say, who are you following on social media that you feel is is worth if you're interested in kind of going into consulting or this is the term we talked about, Brother Gary V. <laughs> um, earlier, um, he's obviously a staple. I, I listen to him all the time as well. Are there any others in social media that you feel folks, you know, should be consuming their content? I know we about him, but v, and I hope he watches it at some point because, and listens to this because I'm definitely following his advice when it comes to content. And I think the things he says is extremely uh, relatable, and it's applicable to a lot of different situations. But outside of that, I have a couple mentors that are influential on me, but I think overall, people that I that I follow, I kind of just pick and choose depending on what, you know, what opportunity arises what I get to speak to, but I would say, you know, finding a couple mentors that are more related, relatable to you personally, whether you find them on the band or they family friends, because it's a little bit different for everyone. I think you can relate differently to different people, so that would be my advice to try to find a couple people that you can personally relate to. Michael, that was an excellent answer. However, it was incomplete, because your answer should have been, you need to listen to leadership on Twitter (laughs) and then see the Leaders podcast. So double that up. What is Michael Riley doing in 10 years? Michael Riley in 10 years will be doing some type of entrepreneurship and running his own business. That is my number one goal. And right now what I'm trying to do as consulting is learn those transferable skills. like that It's my own business at some point. Whether that's now or whether that's in 10 years, that will be my end goal is owning my own business. And last question. Will Michael Riley come back after he's Rachel Seamus after 10 years and be on the podcast again? I will always be a part of the podcast as, as long as they want me to be a part of it. I wish I could do this every week. i uh, talking about different topics. I love this. So, absolutely. Awesome. Michael, thanks for being on the podcast and we'll see everybody next week.